Welcome to Crying Out Loud. I'm Sandy. And I'm Ashley. Today we are going to be talking about the adverse childhood experiences, um, something that's known as ACEs. There is a, um, a quiz, an ACE quiz, that basically just kind of tallies up the different types of abuse, neglect, and other like hallmarks of rough childhood. So we're going to talk about what our ACE scores are and really kind of dig into the actual quiz itself and just really talk about each of the different questions from the quiz. Yeah, so the quiz looks at the, the three main categories of abuse, neglect, and household dysfunction. So when you take a look at the ACE studies, one of the first questions up here, it talks about before your 18th birthday, did a parent, adult in the household, often or very often, swear at you, insult you, put you down, or humiliate you, or overall just made, um, acted in a way that made you feel afraid or unsafe or that you might be physically hurt? First, I guess I should say, you know, my A score was a seven, which is considered pretty high. Whenever I read that question, you know, I'm instantly kind of put back on my childhood when, you know, discipline um, was taking place. I never really thought that my parents were like swearing at me or insulting me or putting me down um, on like a regular basis. You know, there was like a time or two where I can remember like my dad called me a whore when I was 13. You know, I spent a lot of times with my friends and I don't know if he was maybe just hurt by that because I wasn't really spending any time with him or I chose not to stay with him. I'm not really certain. What was your A score, Sandy, or what is your A score? So overall, my A score is a six. Yeah, so mine just really evolved, um, revolved around a lot of the, the physical discipline and how that made me feel. You know, I, I wouldn't say that I ever got called a lot of names, but it was more of like, based on if I didn't do something right, it's more of an insinuation kind of thing. And it really affected me um, and my self-esteem, which in turn couldn't be an ace. Um, and for me, it's just, again, safety, that um, felt safety I, I didn't feel like I have. And it's really interesting. I find it interesting that, you know, you're, you're relating to that question um, from a personal standpoint, like you were the one physically impacted by that. And um, when I think of that, and it doesn't even count, but I wonder if it really should. I remember I did not get very many spankings as a child. Um, I did get a few, but not very many. And I was more impacted by my brother, who was a year younger than me, who was disciplined very frequently. And I remember, you know, there would be times where I would literally sit out on the front porch, holding my ears and crying because he was being hurt. You know, so for that question, I would say no to for my own personal self, but in the same sense, like, is that really true and accurate? Because I was hurt by watching my brother go through that. And and I agree with, with that too. Um, I mean, that happened in, in my household. I remember seeing, you know, things happen to my brother um, that were really, you know, traumatizing. Now, the ones that were like, I remember being so bad, it only happened a few times. But, you know, kind of feeling like, what do I do? I can't do anything. I'm young. Just that I didn't feel safe. And I um, I think that goes into um, witnessing violence. Now, I think, yeah, definitely felt, you know, when you see another sibling or another um, uh, a loved one, you know, hurt, getting hurt and definitely as a child feeling like you can't protect or maybe you even jump in to try to protect how that can be traumatizing and you know later down the road why you might react a certain way um so 
I think one of the things is important, like this study was done um, in the mid 1990s. I think there's a lot of room for growth. Definitely. Maybe an updated study, because I think, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's good to have like um, a short list of questions, but there's definitely things I feel should be on there that are super impactful that are not obviously that being one of them because the three categories they mentioned is household dysfunction. And when yeah. you're having another sibling, you know, abused um, despite language that is often used while they were just getting the spanking or, or, you know, domestic violence that that should, I feel, be part of a study and listed as part of it. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting too, because the questions only ask about your mother or stepmother. If your mother mm -hmm. or stepmother was often or very often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her, or sometimes often or very often kicked, bitten, hit with a fist, or hit with something hard, or ever repeatedly hit over at least a few minutes or threatened with a gun or knife. The thing is, is there's abuse from all different aspects. Also, this is, you know, saying that every household is your nuclear or traditional household of, you know, man, woman, children. And um, so there's so many different aspects to this that um, not every child grows up in a home that is, you know, this that fits this mold. I definitely agree, you know, that because this study was done in the 90s, that it definitely, you know, here we are 25, 30 years later, you know, you know, things have changed. Life has changed and um, our culture has changed. And so we should definitely add in or consider the different types of household dysfunction. And, you know, another thing was the third question was, is about did an adult or person at least five years older than you ever touch or fondle you or have you touched their body in a sexual way or attempt or actually have oral, anal or vaginal intercourse with you? Mm -hmm. That could be, you know, question two, because if you're only considering the person. So keep in mind, this is prior to your 18th birthday. So everything that happened while you were zero to 17. And then it has to be, so if you're 17, it has to be someone five years older than you. But what about the sexual abuse that you endure before you're 17 or before your 18th birthday? And that is done by someone closer to your age or, I mean, what are they saying there by saying up, oh, it has to be before your 18th birthday and it has to be by someone over five years older than you. Right. I mean, I feel like would... they're kind of writing it off. They're just kind of up. Oh, that doesn't count. Right. Oh, that that wouldn't impact you um, mm -hmm. as bad when absolutely not. I mean, I think it could be the same age. Um, I, it could be younger or older. I mean, we you know, we know that th there are younger people who will, you know, it, it happens. Yeah. Um, but definitely between that, you know, we have a lot of date rape and things like that. And it's just mm -hmm. like or being forced to coerce into doing things um, and just yeah, definitely how it impacts you. And I think it just can impact you just as much as someone who's five years older, even if they're two or three years older than you. So I think that's another yeah. area that could, you know, use some work, <laughs> more study. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so let's look at some more questions. Um, did you often or very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special or your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other or support each other? So yeah, for that one, number four, I mean, that's something that kind of resonates with me. And, you know, it said, did you often or very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special? Um, that's the part that kind of really um, resonated with me because I always knew like I was going to be taken care of. I have, um, you know, a food, clothes, shelter, those, those basic needs. But that like, I don't know, just I, 
the love and connection at, at a really deep level, I didn't feel that. And maybe through no, no one's fault, um, that was how I felt. And I, I remember at a younger age, like just because I felt kind of disconnected or that, you know, I was getting spanked a lot with belts and flask waters and things like that, that, whoa, what's wrong with me? And I, you know, it was just as weird. Like I just felt disconnected so much. So I asked my mom if I was adopted, like, wow. do I belong here? Like something's just not right. And that's why mm -hmm. I, you know, I chose that one as a yes, because I just remember it was just, there was this disconnect and not feeling loved for, for whatever reason. But I think it's because when we think about living in a home where you're getting hit off, these are people supposed to love you and support you and take care of you. And now you're fearful of them. So you're not feeling like you're able to go forward and talk to them and really have, you know, maybe very important conversations or, hey, I got in trouble or, or I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to get in trouble because maybe I did X, Y, and Z instead of feeling that their support system, you're fearful and scared and don't feel supported. So that's, that's yeah. kind of my experience and why I kind of said a yes to that one. Yeah. And I, you know, I said yes to that one for a very different reason. Um, not necessarily that I didn't feel loved or, you know, thought I was important or special. Um, you know, I lived with my mother growing up. My parents were divorced and she was a single mom. So, you know, she was working a lot. And my thing was, I said yes to that one because the second part of that question, it says your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other or support each other. And because of my parents' divorce, which is also another question on the ACE quiz, you know, I really did feel like my family did not look out for each other. Um, my brother moved to my dad's and I stayed with my mom. So therefore our connection was kind of broken. And, um, you know, therefore a little while, like he was all that I have, like stability wise, because it was him and I together. And then when he moved to my dad's, we were separated. And, and then I, you know, I had to deal with a lot of my mom fussing about my dad and my dad fussing about my mom. And, you know, it was literally until I was probably 20, I don't know, 25 years old before I finally said enough is enough. Y'all been divorced for, you know, gosh knows how long they divorced when I was eight. So it was a long time and they just continued to just degrade each other. And so that just never gave me that, that feeling that, you know, they were there for us, my brother and I, even though they were not there for each other. What is another one um, you feel like kind of you connected with and chose it as a yes? Pretty much all of the rest of them, unfortunately, you know, the number five was, did you often or very often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes and had no one to protect you, or your parents were too drunk or how to take care of you or to take you to the doctor if you needed it? Um, so not all of that one applies. Obviously, if I needed something, you know, I could, we would find a way to do it. But there were days that we did not have enough food to eat. Um, you know, I remember there was two weeks in a row where my mom could only afford potted meat from Dollar Tree and bread. And we ate potted meat sandwiches every day for two weeks. That was lunch and dinner. And, you know, when we would go to school, we would eat at school. But, you know, as you know, middle school teenager, you know, middle school, high school, you didn't, that was embarrassing, you know, and then we were moving a lot too. So that didn't really help the situation either, but we didn't have, she didn't have insurance with her job. So we didn't have insurance. So we couldn't just go to the doctor. We went to the health department. I would get vaccines from the health department, but that's all I remember as far as doctor visits. I had strep once and I remember going to the health department. So 
I guess we went if needed, but we didn't have insurance. So we couldn't just go for our wellness exams or anything like that, which is kind of the point of the ACE quiz is to kind of determine, you know, like what your ACE score is and kind of help prevent. I mean, the ACE quiz is not to prevent anything, but, you know, it's a study done to prevent the future generations from, you know, having that same level of stress and I guess health insecurities maybe. Yeah, so I think it, it's it's two parts. It's, you know, now that we have it, it's something that, you know, professionals can use early on to kind of track. Like these are things that have happened and it gives us information as to what um, preventative care might look like for, for each individual. And I think for, for us, it's good to look at um, when knowing our score and knowing like thinking about what are my health problems right now what are, how have my aces impacted my life what might i need from my healthcare professional to support my physical health moving forward or hey you know i have high blood pressure or something like that then you know that's something like targeting um, specific coping tools might would help that weight management too because that could just be something because of my aces like it literally affects like it lives in your body and it can literally affect you throughout your life and you know you might not realize why do i have high blood pressure like i'm i'm healthy like and it's it's literally just something that has lived in your body and has created a physical logical change so just it's good to help know that so that you can get the proper treatment moving forward and prevent maybe later in life more serious conditions yeah, no, you're right on. Um, so you've talked about like physical and mental health, but let's talk about how it also impacts our behaviors. So, you know, a lot of the times I know we hear uh, people who use substances, you know, they're self-medicating. So why do you think they're self-medicating? That goes right. back to the trauma that they've endured usually throughout their childhood. So that you know that not only includes like drug usage but it alcoholism even smoking cigarettes so it goes into um you know the lack of physical activity i've missed work like if we're we're doing all of these things like we're using drugs and alcohol and you know our health is deteriorating because of depression or severe obesity or you know heart disease or you know whatever it is we can't work, we can't function our daily normal functioning and all of that just kind of goes into it. No, it's just, it's important to understand what happened so we we can move forward in um, getting the right treatment. Because if we don't, if we don't know what happened, we're only making assumptions and we might be, you know, putting a band-aid on something that really needs medication. So it, I think right. that's why it's important to kind of understand that. Right. And that's a good, you know, so like when people go into like drug treatment facilities or, mm -hmm. um, you know, any type of rehab facilities, they're automatically, you know, of course they're, they're getting help for the addiction itself, but they're also hopefully being treated by a therapist who is able to get to those underlying issues. Right. Exactly. So now that we have talked about our own ACE scores and our experience with our, you know, with the quiz, and what we kind of scored on it. Let's talk about how we can prevent higher ACEs. So we know that according to the CDC and their research, you know, if we prevent ACEs, 
it could actually reduce up to 21 million cases of depression. It says like reduce it by 44%. That is astronomical. So the hope would be how to prevent ACEs. In the future, we're seeing a lower um, number of adults with depression, anxiety, drug abuse, any of the like domestic violence. And we can do that by putting social services in place, having access to mental health, physical health care for our younger generations now, making sure they have support at school, um, uh, a, ment a strong mentor for kids that, you know, their family system might be some somehow lacking in some way. Um, it's mm -hmm. just putting in those resiliency factors, which will help balance out, you know, even if you have an ACE, you have the balance of support that really reduces the stress level within your body. So it becomes more tolerable, which can prevent some of these um, mental and physical conditions you see later in life. And you're, you know, I think you're right on the spot with that. You know, really it's important to just raise awareness of how the ACEs can help, um, just understanding how the ACEs work, um, because that kind of will shift the focus from an individual's responsibility. And so it's not necessarily one person's fault or one person's responsibility to fix whatever the issue may have been but it's a community solution. So it's how the entire community can help prevent those future generations to have less ACE scores. You know, it promotes a safe and stable nurturing environment and relationships with people. And, you know, that's really what we want. Like parenting education is so important. You know, explaining to the social emotional learning that they do in schools, that is extremely important. Definitely just, you know, continuing that role and just reaching out and making people aware of, of the ACEs. The one thing I do want to talk about um, later is, you know, when, when we think about ACEs, and I was saying a while ago, kind of how to balance that out is, is learning about stress and toxic stress and what the difference is and how that impacts us, impacts our mental health and our physical health as well. And it really does tie in, can tie into ACEs. Because um, one thing I, we need to remember, um, I think it said that like 61% of every adult that is interviewed has at least one ACE. So, you know, just to say that you have an ACE, you're going to have like mental health problem or, or physical health problems. It, it's also based on how the environment affected you and the kind of stress it caused on your body and what are the resiliency factors, which, you know, I, I mentioned a little bit while ago. Um, but I would like to maybe later talk a little bit more yeah. about stress, why. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. You know, even though like you and I both have fairly high scores, I feel like we're pretty resilient with how we handle things now. And, you know, we're, we're learning more about the impact of our childhood on how we behave now. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, which of course is why we're social workers, but right. you know, definitely we'll, we'll definitely have an episode to talk about toxic stress and yeah. For more information regarding the adverse childhood experiences, you may find resources listed on our website at cryingoutloud.net. Or to share how your adverse childhood experiences have impacted your life, you can contact us through our website or social media. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, we will see you later. Bye.